wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Official podcast of the A7FL coming to you with a froggy voice and feeling very froggy less than two weeks away from the A7FL championship. I'm Matt Ryan welcoming you to the three on one and I can't do this podcast alone, especially sounding like this. Good God, I sound like shit. I am joined by Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond, the two other voices of the A7FL, who are going to do a magnificent carry job the same way uh, Corey did on Sunday during the Eastern Conference and uh, about half of the Western Conference Finals. But, Rob, great to have you back. Uh, We missed you on Sunday. But we're about to spend four days out in the desert. We're going to, this week on the pod, we're going to say in memoriam, we're going to go through the teams in the A7FL that won't be making the trip to Bullhead with us. If you're expecting a full breakdown of the Western and Eastern Conference Finals and a preview of the championship, you will be getting that live next week from Bullhead. We'll be doing a Friday night pod, two nights before the championship breaking down the games and also we're going to have some guests we're going to have some games i may or may not defenestrate someone who knows but it'll be a fun time but guys we're two weeks away from the first ever a7fl championship to not take place in the northeast and we're also getting ready for our second a7fl championship as a broadcast team gotta say i'm kind of excited yeah, 2023 has been the biggest year of the ASNFL, whether literally or figuratively or metaphorically or whatever. And we may get the biggest fireworks show and fireworks display in Bullhead City because we're going to get two teams that at the beginning of the season, Rob, we had respect for, we had expectations for. Don't, don't put my name in your nonsense, Corey. Take this, take this by yourself. I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. You were the one who told us that Florida is on the way. I think prophetically you were 100% right, not only then, but now and in the future likely. But I think we all saw, because we were able to, and I was I, you know, I was right there, um, you know, after uh, a sorry performance on my own, but I was right there during the fall 
championship in Vegas in which a lot out of the, you know, kind of premier players in that game, they made the move to this team, the Insomniacs, and what we're getting is maybe a year early, maybe according to our guess, a, a five year early, but we're getting two organizations from two newer divisions pretty much just showing that the A7FL is not just that New Jersey league anymore. And although it might hurt us to say a little bit, it's also kind of touching to, to be like, hey, this is a nationwide league and it's got nationwide talent. We saw that front and center in both of the games on Sunday. Yeah, I've I, I seen this coming. I've been saying insomniacs in the chip for a while. It's just I did think a full staff BIC would be here as well. But um, I gave up talking about the Nightcrawlers pretty much after week four, trying to defend them being in the top five because Corey and Matt were not having it. They, you even, Corey, you even put the chaos over the Nightcrawlers a few times. Well, let's, me, let's, let's, let's frame that, let's frame that narrative a little bit because Rob, we all agreed on paper, the Nightcrawlers had one of the five best teams, now one of the two best teams by process of elimination in the league. What did we rate them week one? Week one, what did we rate? Where did we have them rated? I think we had them at like two or three. Our preseason ranking, I believe, we had BIC. Mm -hmm. Nightcrawlers. Yeah, Nightcrawlers, you. Okay. Oh, no, you was four, famously, right? You was four. And yeah. I think Watchmen went to three. Yeah, Watchmen so were at three. We gave, I think, the Insomniacs number five because we were kind of still like, you know, great, awesome. You guys put it together, now show me. Uh, but I think what we were saying during the regular season for the Nightcrawlers is based on the people that they put on film, which, let's be honest, it wasn't Mark Bagley there. It was a lot of the other guys kind of stepping in, and obviously they took care of business. But I will say this, and we'll go into it in more detail next Friday live in Bullhead. I don't know if you could say that we've ever seen a more impressive performance of quarterback than we saw in Ohio from number zero for the Nightcrawlers because Mark Winway absolutely answered the bell every single opportunity he could with rushers in his face, rolling to his left, off of his back None foot. Will Franklin was None trying to tackle Rico Brown and still 60 points up on the board and what looked like a flawless stat line against what I would still argue is one of the better, if not the upper echelon type of defense in this league. Nick Mays and the Wolverine, Ricardo Freeman, were all over Mark Bagley as if they were trying to do something to him that's not legal. Yet, in the face of constant pressure, the, the momentum shifting back and forth because the Watchmen would not go away. Mark Bagway, Keese, Rico Brown, Logo Davis, they all stood huge, tall, and answered the bell. And they answered the question, dancing or not, they took care of business against the team that they lost to last year. It was almost like it was a perfect situation. And at the end of that game, Rob, I don't know if you remember, eight points, time ticking it was, down. It was, it was eerily similar to exactly. last year. and But this time, you saw... You saw the, the, like that focus that I feel like they lacked last season, where you know they last season, and that's why I was so nervous 
for everyone when they came around because I'm like, yo, the Nightcrawlers were a top three team in a loss. Yeah. In a loss. And the unfortunate thing about this league is it's very, what have you done for me lately? It's very recency bias. So we didn't see them in a while. And it's like, hey, let's forget about them. Oh, the IC, oh, the UO, oh, the Watchmen. And it's like, well, it's because we see them every day. But in the back of my mind, and in my conversations with some team owners, I never, I told them, don't forget about these guys. And it was very unfortunate that, you know, the focus was DRC, DRC, DRC. And I just kept seeing people talk about DRC. And I'm like, bro, y'all talking about the wrong people. Henderson was lighting people up. That defensive line was applying pressure. Mark back, the offense they were running is, I have to admit, an offense I've never seen before in the A7FL. And this, to me, is the beauty of expansion. It's the same thing that Vegas does when they drop that running back way back. Yeah. That it's, it's something different. It's something unique. For them to go for Logo Davis to call hike, catch the hike, toss it to Mark and run out for a pass, those are those are mad in the yard plays. Those guys, right now, I can I can honestly say I have not seen an offense better than that in a long time. That, that's including the teams I've been on. I haven't seen an and, offense better than that. And to back that up from our statistician David Soberman, uh, we had Bagway go fifteen for twenty-two. On Sunday, listen, Rob. Rob, This is disgusting. Fifteen for twenty-two, three hundred and seventy yards, six touchdowns, a two-point conversion, one interception, one sack. There was seven hundred and sixty-five total passing yards in that game, and we and we can't look past the Baltimore Watchmen. Rokeem Cheney, John Gauss Jr. had excellent days behind center, but when it mattered, championship points. The three-on-one throw-off. The Nightcrawlers had so many weapons on all sides of the field that it made it so hard to fight against. And then when you're dealing with the amount of pressure that defense was throwing at you and the effortlessness. And we have to talk about, Corey, the effortlessness of how Mark Bagway threw the football and also how Logo Davis and he did the two-headed Hydra quarterback as good, if not better, than Buck and and Gauze did. I mean, it's I mean, it's mind-boggling to me. They're changing the way the league looks. Let's let's just be honest. I'm seeing two quarterbacks now, Corey. That's what's winning. That's what's kicking ass, and it's the creativeness. I'm gonna be honest with you. Bagway and Logo look what that what, what, what that looks like to me is what would happen if you split Huff in two, and made one of them faster and one of them stronger. That's all it looked like to me. The creativeness of the plays they were running, the speed. Like For me personally, I'm watching that game and I'm like, damn, things are really changing. This is this is a call to arms. I mean, I, I hope I hope all the guys that were on vacation saying to anybody who said, oh, well, they beat the same team twice. Shut up. You're on vacation. Shut the hell up. Please shut up. Please shut up. Anybody who's saying that nonsense, please shut up. If you didn't want the Watchmen there, you should have beat the Watchmen. I'm not talking about BIC. BIC should have beat the Anyway, either way, watching those guys do what they did and against the Watchmen, who, in my opinion, 
I thought had some of the better defensive backs in the league, and the they were just making them look so silly. Yeah, so but it wasn't silly. that they were bad. If you look at the no, ball I didn't say, that I didn't say that. Late. Listen, no, I'm not saying they're bad they at all. They made them look silly. They, they, they were upset. silly. But what I still think doing, they're one of the best. Yeah, they were. They were doing their job. Mark Bagway and Rico Brown specifically, and Keese as well. Uh, we even had Ray Chalk at a touchdown. Those guys were making the plays and getting open enough. It was just the ball placement under pressure, off his back foot, rolling to his left. Mark Bagley was making plays that no human being on this planet has not, not only should make, but has I've ever seen make other than maybe Quattro Huffin. Have, have we think, seen a better quarterback than this, Corey? Let's just, let's just cut, let's just cut right into it. Have we seen, let's just be real, for A7FL, for what this league is, what it's turning into, what let's, it was. Let's just let's you just drop Mark Bagway in errors. Right. Have we seen a better quarterback than what Mark Bagway is? Today? Let, look, because when you look at the stats, we have seen guys put up statistical numbers, numbers better yeah, than that. But but let's put it in perspective. You know that conversation that I was always using as my uh, you know out that I was I was good, but I was facing this. Mm-hmm. If you realistically look at the amount of time that Mark Bagway had in the pocket before he had to make an action play, right? right? Whether he was throwing the ball quickly, he was getting off his back foot, or he was changing the platform and making a guy miss and then resetting. I would argue, and we didn't take the stats specifically because we were just in awe of what he was doing, but I would right. argue that that 1.7 seconds that I was graced with and I was complaining about, that was approximately the same amount of time that Mark Bagway was facing. So. In an instance where you could take Mark Bagway and help out the Boston Omegas, send my ass home, put him in there with that 1.7 seconds, all of a sudden now you have another three or four seconds because what Mark Bagway was doing, play in, play out, every single down, period, every single down, because it was only when Logo Davis would use him as a decoy on the few plays in the second, uh, the second quarter on, that he was actually lining up at quarterback because I think as great as he looked and as capable as he looked, the defense for the watchmen were able to get him and corral him where Mark Bagway in the same exact situation time after time was breaking the contain and getting outside the pocket. Mark Bagway had approximately 1.7 seconds till action. And every single time with guys like Wolverine, Freight Train, Nick Mays, these guys that have all season made other quarterbacks look not as good as they do when they have protection. Mark Bagway was breaking down the pressure on him, attacking the line of scrimmage a lot of the time, but not always because a lot of times he's stuck on his back foot with two guys in his face. And when he had an opportunity to throw it to a man, he put the ball exactly where he needed to do it. So Mark Bagway is not this elite level athlete making people miss on a hus-hus situation and then firing a duck and his guy is making a play because he's a better athlete. Mm-hmm. This is this is both the runaround stuff that you get from the elite level quarterbacks that are good at that in the A7FL, plus more pinpoint and on-time passes than guys like myself or guys like Scooter. And that's no disrespect that's to any quarterback. That's no disrespect nah, that's to any quarterback around the league. But what I'm saying is, is that one play, it was like third and about 17, Watchmen were doing exactly what they needed to do. They pinned the Nightcrawlers inside their own 12-ish yard line. Bagway rolls out to his left. His heels are basically a yard and a half away from the goal line. 
He accelerates, makes a guy miss. Two other defenders are converging on him at the corner of where the goal line and the sideline meet. And he releases a ball that goes 60 yards in the air above a defender's outstretched arm right into his receiver's hands at the sideline while he was baptized in the name of all that is holy in A7. So we were, Matt, after we were uh, unceremoniously interrupted for other reasons we won't talk about, I was trying to diagram to the production staff exactly what that throw is like. That is an impossible human throw. He made it look like it was it was he was playing Madden with a joystick and pressing circle because hmm. when you play Madden and you hold down the sprint button and you just chuck the ball and it goes right to your receiver. That's the kind of offense that the Nightcrawlers were playing. And let's just be fair. Against any other team, any other week, the way that Buck and John Gauls were playing the quarterback position, alternating, excelling making every play when every single opportunity that they were down by 14, so many teams in this league are like, man, we can't do it. This is too much. The watchman answered every single time. Oh, Both every quarterbacks time. Every time. made every me an time. idiot for the, for, for doubting the two quarterback system, because every single time one of those guys did something, the other guy came in and did something better against any other team at the Nightcrawlers Sunday, Rob. We're, we're praising how great the Watchmen are as an entire the team, Watchmen their entire played, roster, and their defense. Yeah, the it, Watchmen played. They ran into, they ran into Mark Winway in his fullest form. Yeah, the Watchmen played a phenomenal game. We're talking, this game is about who makes the most or the least amount of mistakes. Apparently, apparently Mark Bagway and company only turned the ball over one time. They only got stopped one time. Someone made a joke and said, Mark Bagway and company scored something like a point a minute, like one point a minute. Yeah, in 60 a, minutes, they games, had a they scored 60 points. 60 points. And so, and then even then, with the Watchmen, not, it's the Watchmen. I never thought they had any quit in them. These are not a bunch of softies or guys that never no. played this game before. They didn't lay down and just take it. They could have got destroyed, but they didn't. They fought back. And again, it kind of came down to something we kind of discussed a few weeks ago, Corey. I said, when it is a two quarterback system, the way that, you know, the watchmen run it, if Buck makes a mistake and Bagway makes a mistake, that's one mistake each, we can survive that. But Ace can't make a mistake because then it's two mistakes. Whether Buck feels like he made one, Ace made one, their team made two. So those two turnovers, those two stops, that both both of those guys had are really what defined what you know what helped push Bagway and company to that W. Those, those are the three on champ, one returns. Championship points, three on one return. And then again, three on one, where I thought we were dealing with some of the better three on one coverage guys in freight training. I thought, you know what I'm saying? But if 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 this Florida versus the if, if Florida versus Baltimore didn't tell me one thing, if it did tell me one thing, what it really told me is that next season we need to, as a league, as a unit, as divisions, push for crossover games. We Absolutely. don't. We need to push for crossover games. You cannot come to the playoffs, one of the biggest stages possible, and be surprised like this. In a sense of yeah, I get it. Not that Mark Bagway was all the way a surprise. We kind of knew about him. 
but man, you don't know what you're facing. You're not dealing with any of this in a regular season. Which, you know, we won't, and again, we, we're not going to talk about the championship game. We have a very special night in, in, in Vegas to talk about that. So we're not going to talk about anyone versus anyone on the championship. But what we saw from Bagway against the Watchmen again, who for me had been the number one team in the Northeast, bested by BIC once, but again, BIC who was never able to get a full roster to a game. I just, I would never, I couldn't have faith in them going against Nightcrawlers either. I don't think there's a team in the Northeast that would have fared any better than the Watchmen did on Sunday. I'm going to well, be honest. I'll, I'll say this, right? We look at what the, what the Nightcrawlers did on offense. And they put up 60 points the way that they did. I would say maybe not 100% perfect, but that's as close to a perfect offensive performance that we could see that they could have given us on that Sunday. How many points did they win by? That's close to perfect, bro. But how That's many points did they perfect. win by? What was the final score? 60 to 52. So they only won by one That's score. So impressive. So, so impressive. as impressive as the Nightcrawler's offense was, I think the Watchmen were near as impressive. And if it wasn't for those they three were. on ones, if it wasn't for those three on ones, which if they make one of those tackles, maybe this game is different. And that one across the field throw from Buck, and, 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 and that's the type of situation we were in. Mark Bagway makes one mistake at the end of the half. It didn't really hurt him. Buck makes anything. one mistake in, in the red zone, and, and it seemed to be the difference. But I will say this. As perfect as the Nightcrawlers played, nobody should look at what the Watchmen did A, all season, or more specifically B, Sunday, and say anything negative about them other than that they just didn't win that game. And they could yeah, facts, facts. And they might facts. have, if the play, game was played another 17 times, they might have won it 16 of those 17 times. But it doesn't matter because what we saw, and I, I think I, this is what I really thought was going to happen. My question was, and we saw this early on in the game, the Watchmen look like they can just bully and run the ball. And on the first drive, they go run nine yards, run 12 yards, play action, touchdown. So Watchmen... Nice. Looked like they were able to do some things. But then my my question was, is if the Nightcrawlers win this game, it's because that top echelon talent at the top of the roster for the Nightcrawlers is going to be so special that it makes up for it. And let me just say this. That's true. Rico, That's true. Rico Brown had 370 yards receiving on the first play, the first offensive play of the game. It's, it's, it's my guy Logo throwing a dime on the first play of the game. Everybody's worried about Mark Bagway and up. Oh, there goes number seven up the sideline, and it wasn't bad coverage. It was just a perfectly thrown ball. It was just a perfect throw. Bro, it was a perfect 370 throw. 370 yards Come receiving. On. The only reason wow. he didn't have 400, Rob, the only reason he didn't have 400 yards receiving, you want to know why? Why? Because Will Franklin was one of the best defenders in that entire game. <laughs> why do you keep saying that? Will Franklin stopped Reek? Did you Rico? not see Will get lit up in the middle of the field? Rico Brown. Listen, Rico it. Brown, it. It, was, uh, it, was a, it was first and 10 after a Watchmen touchdown, right? These teams were going back and forth. It was hectic. It was frantic. I think my heart still needs – it's skipping a couple extra beats after that game. Um, you know, what the chaos did kind of toned it down. Sorry, guys. Love you. But it was first and 10 inside the 10-yard line. Nick May – yeah, we'll, we'll get to you guys' chaos in a second. No the Nick fuck we Mays, won't. Nick Mays, Ricardo <laughs> Freeman – 
Look, I'm Rob, you didn't see the play. I'm, I'm trying to sorry. diagram it for you. I'm sorry, hey, bro. Hey, you, you hey, 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 hey. We don't talk about negatives on here. Only positives. Psych. But I just said psych in 2023. So there you go, everybody. Make fun of me now. But Mark Bagway, first and 10, inside his own 10, pressure in his face. His, his feet were on the four-yard line. He rocks back off of his back foot, throws the seam. It was about 1.9 seconds in the pocket. Throws the seam in front of Rico Brown. Rico Brown gets separation from Sly Boogie. Sly Boogie had good coverage. Way the ball was thrown, he throws him open. And now this guy, Rico Brown, streaking down the middle of the field, looks like he runs about a 4-3. And Will, he was moving so fast that Will Franklin, in the middle of the field, at the 50, <laughs> trying to get out of the way, boom, collision, still got 40 yards after it. So, I mean, listen, what can we can say about, about that. about Reek? Can I ask a question about Reek? I mean, this, this is your podcast as well, my friend. I Go mean, after a performance like that, and again, Again, I know, I know how, I know how it is. What have you done for me lately, man? Has ain't, ooh, we haven't seen these guys week in and week out. But for them, because they haven't shown up week in and week out, they right? Haven't they to. haven't, right? They haven't right? Haven't had to. Let's talk but about the that. They game, need to get. Go no, ahead. but for the game that mattered the most, up until two weeks from now, they showed up and showed out. Is Reek Brown? Is is Rick Brown arguably one of number one or two receiver in this league? Well, that's a tough question because A, we also saw Davik make a guy whose last name was overall at corner, overall 60 for the chaos, right? His name was some, uh, uh, something something overall, and then I made a terrible joke. Um, I loved it, but you know, everybody else should hate me for it. That's but why we Davik, got knocked off the air because of that damn joke. <laughs> it, was great. it was great, Rob. It was great. We'll go back to it. But Davik, Himothy, Himothy, the wide receiver for the Insomniacs, he made it look just as easy. Scooter was throwing him against, dimes all against day. Who? Against who? I know. Who? I know. Against Silence. Who? Against who? Yeah. Who did he but play? I think, I think to answer your question, if, if you put me in a corner and you said pick between Rico Brown to throw to and Ashanti Worthy, yeah, there we go. I'm going to say Ashanti Worthy. But what I will say is, is that where Ashanti Worthy is that ball in his hands, he's the most dangerous player in, in the league. Rico Brown had a little bit more of that, like, Tony Totap, like, how is he always wide open and making huge catches? Oh, yeah. Because Tony I don't Toe know. Tap, he, I'm still confused. I still don't know how Tony Totap does what he does, man. He just, he but just, it's that he just technician gets it going. At, it's that technician is a route runner that you're going to be wide open. If you run the right routes, it's, it's, it's locating the ball in the air, doing all those wide receiver things that don't necessarily have a Madden rating attached to him. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Rico Brown was put in a similar situation where he's in a situation like Ashanti worthy against the watchman. He gets that, that, that three yard hook and runs the who middle ran the th- runs back. Well, it who was ran the three on ones back. The MATs and a, and a new guy, number 25, Perkins, who was making huge tackles on the three-on-one as well. So, yeah. listen, the Insomniacs, I, and I, I already talked to those guys, the Insomniacs have a lot of work to do, making sure that they're up to date on their film because the one thing about the Northeast and the Vegas team is that there's tons of film on them, and we know who all those guys are. We know who all those guys were in the Northeast because nobody's left but me and you, Rob. And Matt, obviously, you're, you're the dragon with three heads, so you're all of the – you're all of the regions in one. 
Um, just look at the, 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 the jersey behind you and where, where that's from. But the one so thing the one thing that the Nightcrawlers kind of have is a huge advantage. And Matt was saying this, and I was kind of like, eh, they're going to figure it out on the fly. Well, I'm an idiot. Matt was saying, there's no film. Nobody knows what these guys are going to do. They're not that's prepared. True. So when Logo Davis went to quarterback, tossed it back to Mark Bagway, they put that, Nobody's that, seen that defender before. in the box. Nobody's seen that shit before, bro. You've never I've seen that shit before. Not in A7. In flag, I've heard that this is an offense that the Insomniacs guys who, who are in the flag, they've seen it before. They might have a plan for it. They might not. I'm not going to spill anything. But, I'm, you know, I'm on the phones. I'm talking. And since the guys in Florida, you know, we started this uh, podcast talking about what what should the flag be on our solid gold boat. I made a Nightcrawlers joke. I don't know if they're going to talk to me. <laughs> so I'm talking to the people that will speak to me. But I will say when Logo Davis tossed back to Mark Bagway, that extra defender in the box had to pick do I stop Bagway or do I cover Logo Davis? Well, it was always wrong because any decision they phrasing. made, they were wrong because um, phrasing. So, look, <laughs> look, the only thing that we have to talk about is is when, when we were looking straight at the D, it wasn't the thing that we necessarily wanted to look at. I think if we're looking at D, we need a better D, we need a stronger D, we need a stiffer, harder D. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Whoa. Whoa. Speaking defense. of defense, uh, the one thing that I think will be an interesting test heading into the championship, and we won't belabor the championship, but when we when we go before we transition into our other segment where we talk about what people are going to have to do on their vacation, uh, a vacation reading list, as it were, for all the oh. teams in the A7FL, I I find the task ahead for the Insomniac secondary to be the toughest oh, challenge shit. they faced all year because I, I, so, talking with Ryan DePaul today about these games, uh, we were Don't discussing. Talk to Ryan <laughs> I have to, it's a part of my job. He's a coworker he's been, of mine. He's, he's loved this Nightcrawlers team. As soon as he saw Mark Bagway suit up at wide receiver, quarterback, safety corner, He's been talking about him for a while because his, his dad. Wait, are, are, wait, are we going to talk about the second game or are we just going to? Let's. let's yeah, quickly, I was. Let's quickly, I was trying to way. get into yeah. that other yeah. point. Yeah. Good. The one. The one thing that Ryan DePaul said that gives me pause for a secondary of the Insomniacs who haven't faced a lot of pressure in extending the field and extending distance outside of Sickwidit, is that. He believes that there are three Ashante worthies on that Nightcrawler's team, and I think he's underselling it. Uh, but let's talk about the other game, the four o'clock game that we saw on Sunday. Uh, well, some people sure. saw. Uh, and that game will be up on caffeine.tv. The Western Conference Final will also be up on a7fl.tv. There will be a full version of that game up online later this week. But. I'd like to the insomniacs and, went and to Ohio. And let me just say this, because we, we, we were in a we were in a tough situation. And you know what? We're a team here at the A seven FL. We always got to pick each other up. But when we fell down, my guy, Casey Cox, who's on site and was doing his thing, he drugged us out and up from the from the bottom. He, he went in there and he drugged us up. And Shut the hell up, Corey. Anyway, <laughs> the insomniacs. What? What? Don't give a damn about. Oh, nobody care about what Casey. Co I don't even talk about Casey. Co but when we're when you're down, football. you need somebody uh, to, 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 uh, to reach your hand out, and you, you got to get somebody uh, that's, that's hey, drugging hey, you. Hey, 
okay, I'll, I'll give Casey Cox this. Availability is his ability. Whoa. All Drugs. right, not next. Anyway. No, he drugged this up. Anyway. I ain't saying shit. Shouts, shouts out to the Insomniacs for not playing with their food. I'm not talking about anybody else but the Insomniacs right now. I was very impressed at how they handled whoever they played against, even though it wasn't much. Um, they didn't play around. They, they they meant business. They went out there and they got it done. I saw I saw Scooter throwing dimes. I saw RT, RTC going crazy. Having dudes were hugging his waist, trying to bachata with them. It was Dyfus, they were all over the floor. Dyfus has shown up to RTC's door for the child yeah. abuse that he performed play in play out when he had the ball in his hands and i feel bad for the chaos children because they they were they were basically the chaos children the children that played for the chaos because the children of chaos got you that's the the children of the 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 corny jokes and inside the lines and everything but i will say this let me say this let me say this you know you know that this is my thing right we saw a lot of guys keep fighting for the chaos even though they were obviously getting destroyed and blitzed and boat raced all those things that happened but let me just say this a guy in keno thomas that plays out of position because he's a normally a wide receiver was getting his ass killed and my fat ass <laughs> at 205 was not getting it as consistently bad as keno thomas probably like 160 Bums. was against aj mcquay listen to the rest of the point aj mcquay in a defense for the insomniacs is somehow I think he covered the five sack number that that we set as an over under. Yeah, Rob's having fun, but let's let's finish the point here. Keno Thomas getting plastered to the turf, play in and play out, got up every single time, and not once. Listen, we could talk about things stinking because I'll say this: Saturday night for the game, my dog bolts away from my deck because we were outside just chilling. You know, it was a nice night. And comes back, foaming out the mouth because got shot in the face with a skunk. My house was disgusting. My house smelled better than what the chaos looked on Sunday. No skunk, just RTC, just Davik being him, and just Scooter calling a great game and even giving the chaos hope by fumbling. Now, this is what I'll say. We warned you, Ohio. Talk what you will as Rob adjusts the uh, L because he's on camera, so he had to fix it. Talk what you will. Let's let's now put this into perspective as we're probably you know very close to moving on to our next segment. When California came out here, what was the score? Blowout. When Florida first came into the top level, what was the score? Double blowout. Bigger blowout. <laughs> When Vegas didn't play the Snow Tribe, which was an ass team, and they played the BIC, which was a good team, what happened Vegas's first year? Smoked. So Ohio, the first chance, the first real op- opportunity. Well, let's let's finish it off. Boston, their first year, faced the Animals, a top 10 team. How did that go for the Boston team? Smoked. So Ohio, welcome to the club. When you face your first test, you get your ass fucking smoked. And you wanted to smoke. You couldn't handle the smoke. My guys were coughing up uh, half-baked lungs all day. And all that we have to say is that the Zomniacs took care of business. And it sets no, us up. No, no. You know what we have to say? I told you so, motherfucker. I told you so. I told you so. I told. I'm going to bask in this. You guys suck. 
All right, let Corey give you all the good stuff. Y'all suck. Get better, get good, and hold this damn L. Make sure yeah. it's facing the right yeah. way. Get good, you fucking bozos. Suck. Well, and everybody's suck. been there. Rob, you've been there. Everybody knows that I've been there more yeah, than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work hard, get better. I didn't, you know I what just the target didn't, is I just now. didn't talk. You know what the target the is thing. now. Here's the thing. Everyone's you been didn't there. Talk shit when you get I didn't talk yet. shit. No, no, no. Like, when, when I first came in the league, we talked shit in the competitive sense where it's like no we're gonna we're not gonna lay down for anyone teams were destroying us right but we weren't on the boards talking about oh yeah we know this yeah. and we know that we went in there and we just didn't lay down against anybody until the point where we were those guys and we were beating those guys that used to beat us but it took time and i'm telling you from experience that you can't just come in this league like the team that everyone's so impressed with right now lost last year Let's, let's, let's really get to it. You're not going to come into this league your first year and think you're going to fucking run the table. It's just, it's just not fucking possible unless someone's behind you and you guys fully understand the, the game and your athletes are through the roof. It's just, it's just less likely than it is more likely. Honestly. And everybody sees and I try to warn them. Everybody it's sees not this easy. on YouTube and everybody sees the easy. highlights of this league and everybody has the same opinion. Oh, I could do that. But let's just put it in perspective. Injury or not, whatever this injury or not, whatever the situation is, the oh, running that was back excuse. Chaos, that was listen, excuse. Listen, the running back excuse. the chaos in the, in the previous night. Just listen to the point. The running back in the game for the chaos the previous night was talking about how he was all world in semi-pro and ran for 190 yards in the first half against a Vegas team in the A7FL. He didn't gain a positive yard and left the ah, game. Ah. Before the second quarter started, so so this is not this is not, not semi pro adult pop Warner. Everybody gets a, a, a oh oh yeah oh yeah helmet. that's what they were saying right that was their that was their little go to thing to say yeah man we're we're not just flag guys we're former semi pro shut the hell up we're semi pro vacation playoff entrance and we get the conversations all the time about how good the Bison are and all this stuff. Well, guess what, Ohio. We warned you. We said, don't talk. We said, accept what happens and just work hard. And now, not only Ohio, I will say this, the rest of the Florida division needs to look at what the Nightcrawlers are able to do. All of Ohio needs to look at what happened to the chaos. And let's, let's step up these other divisions so that the Nightcrawlers can be on more games during the year because we want to see them as long as it's not 90 to nothing. And if the chaos can run through Ohio as disgustingly as they did week in and week out and, and brag about how they only played 10 quarters, just eat that and listen to what we're saying. The chaos were that much above and away better than the rest of the Ohio division. And they got boat raced in embarrassing fashion in which the insomniacs blew them out by that spread turning the ball over, I think, three or four times on meaningless, silly fumbles. Rob said get good. Well, get average first. And on that very spicy note, uh, we not only are podcast hosts and voices of the league, but we are vacation cruise directors, and we are sending some people on vacation with a reading list 
of what they need to do to get better in the 2024 A7FL season. We are going to go division by division, one line each. I'm going to bounce between Rob and Corey. I might toss in one every once in a while because I am on the show. Uh, but Rob and Corey are the funny ones. I just uh, kind of show up and look pretty. But uh, Rob will start we with... Would, Matt, if you weren't here, me and Rob would be sitting here looking at each other on Zoom. Like, <laughs> um, what? <laughs> so just... Just continue to be as great as you always are Aww. and lead us into the in memoriam segment, 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 segment. Well, we will remember them, whether positively or negatively. Uh, let's get our Sarah McLaughlin on. First up, Corey, the Vegas gold. Mm, Jeremiah, my guy. Now, listen, the gold showed some things, but most of the things they showed was that they are not even close to the level. Now that happens. There was a lot of good teams in front of you, but even the teams that were a little bit lesser, a little bit lower, you didn't have enough. So obviously recruit, obviously get working, but that's one of those situations in the gold where they're probably looking at some of the other bottom teams and thinking about the combined thing, which happens all the time. And it's a normal and, and kind of realistic goal. But I will say this, the gold, they had to play in Vegas. If I were ranking the bottom teams, although the gold would be one of the bottom teams I consider, Volcanoes and Crush, you guys are not off the hot seat. I think the gold. Whoa, 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 whoa. we're talking about the gold. Let's let's talk about the gold. Let's give the gold. Let's, no, they've let's done. give them their memorandum. Yeah, let's just give them their memorandum. Jeremiah Reeves does a great job leading that team and staying in the pocket and trying his best, but he gets the I'll try award because he's got the same record as me, and that's not a positive thing. Well, let's go over to Big Rob Fabian. Next up on the list. Everybody's favorite team out in Vegas, the Pit Bosses. Ass, I'll pass. <clears throat> this is what I'll say. The Pit Bosses from this spring, I'm going to Scooby-Doo meme them real quick, and I'm going to yank off that Pit Boss logo. Holy shit, that's the spring Insomniacs. The... Except for K Uno. And shout-outs to K Uno for fighting, trying to get it done. Now, we kind of see that he's limited in what he can do when he's put in a structured system. There was obviously the coach change. Coach Q is going to do his best job over there. But, again, similar situation. Maybe they would have got that one win against the gold. Maybe not. But when they faced the Aces in the California matchup, although they could score some points that weren't, wasn't enough, and just like our gold, fellas, the pit bosses are probably looking at some of those other teams and thinking if there's a combined situation going on. And we'll see how that uh, kind of parlays into the fall that I'm sure everybody's going to be excited for. That's on this list, at least. Let's go with uh, the Vegas Hunters. Aside from a handsome general manager, Rob, what's one thing that we can see from them that they'll need to improve on in 2024? Recruit. Um, get out there. Find young, hungry players that really that you can introduce the game to. There's enough clips, there's enough Instagram posts, there's enough YouTube videos for you to really show somebody what this game is about. Go recruit some young, hungry hitters that can compete with the top of the Vegas class. The Hunters are a pretty decent organization. Coaching staff is pretty decent. Everything about them is decent. Not bad, not terrible. It's just a lot of building blocks. And I do feel like the Hunters if they stay focused, stay together, and do some good recruiting, we'll be talking about them a lot more in seasons to come. Yeah, and I think more of their quarterbacks showed that, 
We were doubting who was going to step in for Keuno, who looked at times to be the answer in the fall. He stepped in. He, you know, he's pretty consistent, more of a more of a traditional quarterback, still has the wheels more than myself. But I will say this, from the fall to this spring, even if the record doesn't say so, it looked like the Hunters learned a lot about A7, and if they can keep building, maybe they got something for the future. And aside from uh, not losing uh you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors matchups in the middle of a playoff game. What can the OTT Corey do uh, to really improve themselves? They have Savion Cunningham was one of the most dynamic returners. They have a unique athlete in G Heard. They have William Perry, who was someone that we enjoyed watching. I don't know if he was the best quarterback in the league, but in the fall and in the regular season, we did enjoy watch, watching William Perry play. For me, I think it's finding keys to consistency, whether that's on the offensive line or at least in terms of an offensive strategy. This team at varying times felt like they were one foot in, one foot out on philosophy, and it was very whoever was there that day more than being a concise, well-built well-focused team because there were times where they kept games close and then there were other times where they were playing rock paper scissors and getting boat raced by 50 points well they were clearly outclassed in the playoffs when they faced the insomniacs obviously and in the regular season against teams like sicward the force and even the kryptonite but if you look at what ott did and and really g herd's inaugural spring season as a team manager which is a really tough role to be a player and a manager you got to give them a little bit of credit for making the second round of their playoffs, beating a team from California, taking care of business the way that they did earlier. But the commitment to actually finding guys to play real defense is their number one priority. Because even though William Perry, he wasn't their quarterback really at the end, he was more their defensive end. I think we got to give shout outs to Yodi Mack, who was, was doing some things at quarterback, which, you know, if they could find a guy to give G Heard more of a role where he's a playmaker. That's not consistently the quarterback, even though he made some throws at times. If they could figure that uh, role out on offense and give somebody to block for them, they're, they got a good spot. But guess what? Letting 92 points up, even if it's against a team like the Nightcrawlers, is completely unacceptable. Not because they, they had zero talent, because they got guys like Jack Boy and, and Ray Rich and all these guys that I played with in the OTT uh, you know, game against the Dream Team or whatever. What I saw in film is that whether it was the depth and they were tired or it was just a lack of effort, when it came to the defensive side of the ball, there were guys literally walking off the field instead of making tackles during game plays going on. And that's unacceptable. That's disgraceful. And as bad as it was to be shaking hands and, and 92 Olympics taking pictures with the Insomniacs, it's even more embarrassing that when you're playing a football game that you don't have the will and the heart to actually try and make a tackle if you're standing out there on defense. If OTT wants to be better next season, they have to commit to the physicality of this game and not just worry about getting their highlights on the offensive side of the ball. So to piggyback kind of off of what Matt said and a little bit of what Corey said, OTT just needs an identity. If Savion's your guy, build around him. If it's G Heard, build around him. If it's Perry, build around him. Um, the 92 points happened. It happened. It sucked. Forget about it. Move on. Recruiting is heavy for you guys as well. G Heard is the kind of quarterback that I wouldn't have mind blocking for because of the his tenacity and 
the energy he brings to the team. Um, if everyone can, if everyone's roles can be more defined and you can get Savion a little bit of help, OTT is another team I feel like in a few seasons we'll be talking about. If they can stay together, give Savion some help. G Herb, I don't mind him at quarterback, which is, I know it's crazy, but he should adopt the two quarterback system like everybody else. Get another fast young gunner in there to really get things going for that team. I, I, I do see some potential for OTT. I know they fell very short. That 92 is disgusting. And I, I don't even want to talk about that shit, but that shit's disgusting. But OTT, ah. figure out your identity. Figure out everyone's specific roles. Don't go out there playing backyard football. It doesn't work. Yeah, well, they got to the West Corner Finals, which for the – or the team that they everybody were in. in Vegas got to the damn fight, man. Not the man. not the next team we're about to talk about. And they asked to. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, North Vegas Kryptonite and shout out to Coach Vince Young, who is recovering from a uh, vehicle Word. crash a couple of weeks ago in Nevada. Coach, yeah, our, our awesome, best to coach. him. <clears throat> yeah, our best to him and his family. Uh, I think it's a real. The, the focus for this team right now is offensive line. Uh, the opportunity to build around Darnell Richardson to give that guy time and space. I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in that division. He led the kryptonite with a lot of the compo- composite parts that were on that team last year to a fall ball championship game. But they need they need to build around they need to build around him. They need to build around Darnell. They need to build around Lex Luthor. And a team that needs to build as well as the other team in Vegas that didn't make it to the Final Four, that's the sick with it. I, I think they're in need of help on defense. I think they need a traditional <laughs> quarterback. Lavish T is one of the most dynamic players we've ever seen in this league. And we've said that a few times just about Vegas players. In terms of a returner, Rob, you can't really deny... How no, 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 not he... I, I was, I was kind of shocked at the quarterback statement. Not yeah, Lavis team. Lavis team's amazing. To to finish up on the kryptonite, what what we saw at the end of the season with Darnell Richardson, we're not a hundred percent sure, and I'm not going to report anything, but we'll see how his future plays out because he was really upset with kind of how things were going towards the end of that season. It was a, a guy who actually made a lot of plays this season. Number ten for them, Zachary Luciano. Who, who looked at times to be like that change of pace running style quarterback. And he was making some big plays here and there against some of the op- wide open defenses out there. But when they lost, and, and, and let's just list who they lost. They lost Scooter Hamilton. They lost RTC. They lost Munchie. They lost so many guys from that fall team that I don't think it, it was going to be easy for anybody to try to replace them. But they got Dom Smith. They got uh, the, the Cheetah. Um, what's uh, number one? KJ Burrell. Hurt. Yeah, KJ Burrell. He got hurt earlier in the season. They have him. If, they, if he comes back, he's one of those two-way dynamic type players. They have CJ Smith. So they have pieces there to kind of build. And I would be, I would not be surprised, guys, if somehow the Kryptonite find a way to take one of those teams that has other parts, kind of combine and 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 get and get replacements for some of the big names that they lost, which led them to going from the number two team in the fall to the number four team in the spring. It had nothing. I'm going to be honest with you. You mentioned two teams that surprisingly, my issue with both of those teams is their quarterbacks. Darnell Richardson is not as good as you guys claim he is. He, he really isn't. And I'm kind of 
the narrative is like ridiculous. This is not flagged. And when I'm talking about the flag players got to go, I'm talking about guys like Darnell Richardson, where there is no, there's no inkling of running the ball. You can't do that here. That shit doesn't work. The reason why they did well in the fall is because it was the fall. No one cares about the fall. I'm sorry. And now they, these guys are starting to see that because what did Darnell Richardson change about his game from the fall till now? He just runs the ball less. He was still slinging it. He was still throwing the ball as deep as he could and, you know, calling up some great plays. But that pass the ball every down shit doesn't work here. It does not work here. And it's the same no, thing. Nightcrawlers. <laughs> listen, the nightcrawler, listen, trust me. The night crawlers don't count. Don't they do don't not plan count. your don't plan your game because plan it, trying to yeah don't trying yeah, to look, trying to beat Mark Bagway and if, if Mark and Bagway or Logo or any of those guys needed to run, that's that's the whole key of it. They're run threats, so you have to respect that, which means you're bringing someone up to deal with him as a run threat. But he they also have arms and they can also throw it over your head. If you're not a run threat, no one cares if you can throw. No one cares. But no one. Saying, they're just gonna. No, don't don't cover it up. I'm saying exactly what I'm saying. Darnell is not the answer. You, so do not but I do love, not I build. Love yeah, do not build around no Darnell. If his game plan is pass, 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 that shit is trash, 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 trash. Don't do it. And it's kind of the same. The reason why I'm not going to be as hard on this team as I am on the Kryptonite with sick with it is I know a few injuries stop them the from force. Guys, them forces. I, I was not about to bring yet. up. I, I, I absconded yeah, the yet. force. Yeah, yeah, but we're not there yet at all. We're, so, we're, I'm so, giving each one their memorandum, right? I know, I know. Now no, we're you're on doing great. Now we're on sick with it, right? But let, let they me had, just say they this. had a few Darnell injuries. No, you're gonna listen. listen don't say. I'm stop going saving to. these motherfuckers. Damn, Darnell Richardson is the classic case oh in the fall. He's ass. You're gonna make me call him ass. You're gonna make me call him ass. You're gonna make me call him ass. If you keep defending him, you're gonna make me call him ass. You're gonna make me call him ass. All right. Okay. Don't defend this shit. Let, Don't stop. Let stop. Rob finish his point, these, Corey, and then want, we'll go no, to you. Sorry. Listen, if you want these teams to grow, stop defending this bullshit that they do. K Uno's not gonna grow by taking the ball and running for his life every down. Learn to throw. Learn to call a proper play. Learn to run some freaking motions and blocking schemes. Learn some real football shit. This shit is ass. Respectfully. But we're sick it, with it. it, it, it is, they had point. sick with it, had a few injuries that kind of changed i guess how their offense looked because according to what you're telling me they used to run the ball a little bit before your favorite quarterback no not too much i mean did they run they used let's let's say this they used lavish t a lot a lot of the ways that the rare breed last year used uh uh pack yeah exactly so okay so, they use them on jet sweeps. They use them in draws. They use them as a running back and then flex them out of the back. And who's the, who's the quarterback for sick with it? Is your favorite guy? What's his name? Jeremy Geary. Now I'm talking to Jeremy Geary again. It's the same thing I'm saying to Darnell. Get out of this mindset where you must throw on every single down. It's not the answer. You've seen what happened when you actually face a serious Insomniacs team. You guys got fucking dusted. It's terrible. It's disgusting. Don't do it. Go into... That's what I mean by get rid of the flag players, not the players that play flag, but the players that come into the game with the pure flag mentality where there's no dives, there's no tosses, there's no counters, there's no inside runs, there's nothing like there's absolutely nothing, not beating anyone in this league that's actually worth a damn 
with plays like that. So for sick with it, stop relying on your special teams to win you games only. Recruit an actual running back. Recruit a few linemen that like to run block and mix it up because Jeremy Gary is a pretty decent quarterback, just like Darnell is. But I think with Darnell, his mindset is what's going to stop him from being better than a guy like Jeremy Gary, who I think is more moldable and is more willing to change his style of offense to fit the league he's playing in. When you go play flag, you play flag style. When you come to A7, you play A7 style. It's just it's just natural progression. That's just how it is. So, again, Jeremy Gary and sick with it. They did decent this year. Find a running back. Stop putting all the pressure on Lavish T. So when he, if and when he gets hurt, your season's not in the dust. You know what I'm saying? Phenomenal season by Lavish T. Please get well soon. Your team needs you. Get that man some help. Sick with it had a great season. I would argue that Sick with it is still in my top ten. They're one Hell of the better no. offense. What? Hell no. Hell no. Your top ten? What? Teams in Vegas? You sure. You don't. You don't think that. You don't think that because if we did the top ten right now, we would get the four Jersey teams, the Nightcrawlers, Insomniacs, and then we would kick the chaos out. Obviously. Uh, Watchmen. Yeah, so, so they, they definitely. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. The four, the oh, four the Northeast four teams. Oh, I said. Yeah, you said Jersey. Four, yeah, so the four Northeast teams. <clears throat> sick with it. Sick with it would smoke the Snow Tribe. Sick with it would beat the Renegades. It would be a tough game because of the way the defenses match up. But I think the the, the Renegades' offensive problems aren't that. Nobody else. Listen, who's a better team? Sick with it, who we talked about, and they're second, but we talked about them third, or the third team that we're going to talk about now in Dem Forces? Forces. You think the forces are better than Sick with it? Yes. But Sick with it beat the forces. That shit was an accident. That shit was an well, accident. I think recency bias will say that, that the loss that we saw that Sick with it have against the Somniacs, but let's talk about the force because I think everybody wants to move on from Rock Briscoe and anoint Fox as the next guy. And I think maybe you're right, but what we've seen and what I'm maybe starting to buy into even though if i'm on a team i'm definitely not buying into it um shout outs to whoever is brave enough to let me play quarterback again Renegade. you know my wife see what i get constantly whatever <laughs> it's not happening babe love you guys love you wave um we'll see i'm not a free agent so i don't even know why we're talking about that but the force, I think, if they keep both of those quarterbacks, that's the best-case scenario because Rock Briscoe makes up for the spots that Fox needs to get better at. And shout-outs to the force because wow. of all the teams that we talk about, of all the teams that we talk about in Vegas, we love the Insomniacs and what they did. But, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. In essence, what they did is after the fall, guys that were the best guys in the league said, yo, let's make a super team, right or wrong? It's kind of what we said they were going to do. Yeah. They did and, it. And, and look, shout outs to them and kudos to them for probably the hardest part of it is putting it all together and maintaining that that unity because all of those guys be selfish be like, give me the ball. They're not. So they got to get credit for that. But in essence, what they did was fall. They all played. We all warned the force. This is what happens in fall. And then they made the right. super team. The sick with it is a new team, fresh blood, a lot of new dudes, a lot of guys that were left over from the pit bosses and and the this the uh, kryptonite that that you know moved on. They went to sick with it. 
a, a top organization, but new came in. What the force did, in my opinion, is they're building a program that will last for years. And right. if you're talking about the A7FL, we're not talking about just 2023, get your championship, and then a lot of these guys might dip out of the league. The Force are building a program, and I really respect what they put together. And even though they didn't win in Vegas this year, it was a much tougher division this year than it was last year. I do think that the Force improved from that BIC loss to what we saw in a really tough game where they gave Sigwin all that they could handle. And as much as I respect Sigwin, I think I respect the Force even more because they're taking the journey and the path, in my opinion, the right way for the long term. And I, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see who Fox can turn into when he learns those things from Rock Briscoe, my favorite quarterback still, because he still is older than me. And I still want him in the league. But I think also on defensive side of the ball, they got to look, look themselves in the mirror and say this out loud. Because we watch him on the Insomniacs make play after play after play. And whether it was his attitude or his commitment or whatever it was, I totally understand. But getting rid of Gianni Breland, I don't know if that was the right move at corner for the force. Um, and I, I don't disagree with much of anything you said, Corey. I actually, probably the first time I kind of almost clear cut agree. The only thing I probably didn't agree with is when you said they looked a little better than, you know, than when they faced BIC. I, I don't know if they did, but I can say, I can say, I understand why you would feel that way. I do feel like Rock Briscoe, and again, this is me being talking positive about Rock Briscoe, so it must be real, right? Um, Rock Briscoe is very necessary for that team. He needs to be that leader that Fox can learn from and then go out there and really kill shit because Fox will be dangerous, but Rock Briscoe has to make him dangerous. I mean, but listen, I really agree with everything that Corey said. I mean, what's Fox? What's 6'5, 240, runs a 4'6, yeah, 4'5? When you just say that out loud, you're like, this guy's going to be a shit's crazy. But how'd their season end? On fourth and about 12, they run a quick screen. And he throws it, completes it, but it has no chance to convert right, right, the right. first down. And, and that's, honestly, that's young. Yeah. yeah that's young. That's and, growing and look, pains, bro. I'll give look, him that. That was a tough draw to get them to stick with it in the first round. The Vegas Force yeah. were better than than than, than a, than a uh, what, a quarter? No, it wasn't even the quarterfinals. A, a wild card uh, Northwest division out. And that I think leaves us to uh, uh, leaves us finished at least in memoriam for the Vegas division. Yeah. And let's right, uh, we're it. burning daylight here. Let's run through these. Let's get a little more rapid fire. Cause I was asking yes. for one quick thing and we get into these dissertations, which are awesome, but Corey. we're an hour into the show when we've got like 87 other teams to go through. Let's bang right, out LA back to back Santa Monica vibe and the Los Angeles aces Rob one thing. And then Corey, one thing. Ass I'll pass. Go ahead, Corey. Vibe. The most impressive things when they had, when we had their coach on how much film he watches, that's going to lead up to them getting better, but they're obviously not there yet. And the aces not full ass. But it's like it's like that it's like that half moon, you know what I'm saying? Like half ass. <laughs> so speaking of, let's talk about Ohio. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the Olentangy volcanoes. Um, Loved. Uh, lo oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. A little less vanilla, Vic. Just a little milk. less. A little less milk. It's not vanilla, Vic. 
let's let's be clear. No disrespect, absolute, actually all disrespect. And and shout outs to my guy Jordan Dave, uh, whatever his last name is, Jordan Davidson. Um, I believe it's Davidson. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's Davidson. I know it's a D. I know I know his name is like J. Corey, 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 bring it in. Come on, one thing. Let's go. Come on, Corey. Vanilla, yes, he's white. Vic, <laughs> no. Michael Vick is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in the history of the, the, the universe. Milk. Until further notice, the nickname milk. is not Vanilla Milk. Um, it's not Vanilla Vic. It's milk. <laughs> it's white. Um, it's the, cooking. Whatever. All the Tangy Volcanoes. Great name. Do some recruiting. Get better. That that's all. It's not no no nothing too much negative stuff with all the Tangy. They. They tried. They see what it is. Just get get out there, recruit, practice, watch some more film. Uh, next up, uh, the Covington Heist. Um, probably my favorite Ohio team. Um, from that from that area anyway. You guys been out here. You know what this game is like. You took the best team in Ohio to the you know ringer. But again, it's more recruiting. It's it's Seth. I kind of missed you out there. You might have to step up and be that leader that I remember you being when we first saw you, but it's a little bit more recruiting, a growing pain, stick together, it'll work out. They have the ta- they have the toughness. I don't think they have the talent. They need to go find it. Uh, QC Crush. How the hell did you fucking lose to the Volcanoes, Dale Hathaway? <laughs> Damn. That's my sentence. How the fuck did you lose to the Volcanoes, Dale Hathaway? That's my guy, by the way. I love that I had the three box up because Rob's reaction was so fucking good to that. That was the most, that's the most legitimate reaction I've seen on the pod on a, on a run where Rob's reactions have been fucking S tier. <laughs> also, I'm sorry. My voice is completely shot. It doesn't sound that bad. It, sound it sounds great, worse. It sounds, ba- it sounds worse in my head yeah, it than, it, worse. than yeah. it does. I thought I sounded terrible on Sunday, nah. but listening back, I was like, oh shit, I was pretty good. Yeah, you sounded spe- sound good. Thank you. Uh, when you could hear me you, speaking you, you think, of you think you sound like Marge's sister from the Simpsons. You don't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I got that Patty and Selma voice going on right now. Like Lucy on her CBS show. Ball set on the 45 yard line. I start do a Gordon Soley impression that nobody oh, but like three people who listen to this show would get because they know me. Uh, <laughs> but let's go to the Sunshine State. Speaking oh, of Gordon wait, there's Soley. One more, there's one more in memoriam in Ohio. Oh, yeah, the Sin City Chaos. I kind of forgot they got eliminated for a second. Uh, but Rob, Rob, I'm going to put the camera right on you, buddy. This one's yours. Bye-bye. And that's all I got for <laughs> They had a good season for an Ohio team. They did not. They are not a good team yet, and they need to get better. Let's just say this, though. For the division, as we're in memoriam, if the chaos are beating you guys by that many points in the regular season, you guys all better go and find some gym or some field and start working out. Get your Madden attributes up. Get your my player up. And if you lo- if you have opinions about this, you see the number on your screen, 516-387-A7FL. That's 516-387-A7FL. 
Uh, give us like a call on the voice line. Give us some calls now between now and Bullhead. We will play your calls live on the live three-on-one podcast, which is next Friday, the 21st. For more information on that, we'll be putting that up on social media. Rob needs a cigarette after that shit. Um, so let's, let's and you, blow it up. A let's man, let's do a combo here. Ghosts O-Town Orange. They're a package deal in my opinion. I think it comes down to what Rob said earlier uh, about the about some of the teams in Vegas recruit. Y- y- there's talent there. We see that there's yeah. talent there. Facts. It's just recruiting, developing, finding an identity. I think a lot of these teams are still trying to figure themselves out. I think the Orange were the Devon Gray show for a few times during the season, and they weren't able to build around him or build a sufficient, you know, a sufficient game plan built around the talent they had. There's some solid talent on the Ghosts, but they're playing a walking doomsday two to three times a season in the Nightcrawlers, right. and and against to me that other. that's what I think they'd have to go through. Corey, you have a different opinion? Well, against each other. The ghost and the orange, they seem like like a competitive, watchable game. It's just the, the distance between the ghost and the orange and the nightcrawlers is like the distance between the gold and the insomniacs. It, it, that that distance needs to be made up by recruiting, by maybe going to some of the nightcrawlers players that, that aren't the ones that are being featured and saying, hey, do you want to actually get some burn, D West? Who used to be on the ghost. Oh my so God. obviously we'll see what how that works out, but they they do need to recruit. They do need to improve. And, you know, shout outs to the Orange, who are an expansion team that found a way to beat the Ghosts and get off the Schneid. Because you got to give teams credit, except for the Volcanoes, that won a game in, in, in their, their potentially 0 for a season. Super quick, and I'm not going to even make it about any of the teams. It's more of a division thing. Recruit. Let's, let's get Miami in here. Let's get some kids from Dade County. Let's get some Opelika kids. Let's. Let's get Florida in here because they yeah. like you guys said, there's nothing but talent over there. And when those guys start picking up on what this is, there goes the neighborhood. I mean, we already see Mark Bagway has an argument for being one of the, if not the best quarterback in the league right now. And he's coming from Florida. So just recruit, get more teams in Florida in general. And if you think yeah. that you can hang in the A7FL and you want to be evaluated by Mike freaking Tice. That's right, the former coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Alongside other stout scouts and recruits from around the football world, go to a7fl.com slash championship. That's a7fl.com slash championship. Sign up now for the A7FL Combine presented and hosted by A7FL Nevada, but also led by former coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Tice. And also, if you sign up, you get a free fall season. You get fall brawl wherever you're playing. You get to sign up, especially in Nevada. You get a free fall brawl sign up. So go to A7FL.com slash championship. But now that we've talked about Florida and the Nightcrawlers are moving on to the championship, we have to go to the home base of the A7FL. And that is the Northeast. We got to start, Corey. I'm going to give it to you because it's your team, the Boston nah, Omega. No, let Rob go. <laughs> okay, I don't. I'm not going to speak on all the teams in the Northeast. I'm going to. I'm really going to because we're going to do the bottom teams first, of course. So what I'm going to tell the bottom teams, 
and the players this is where Corey's right and those players that are just not getting enough pt where you're at follow huff <laughs> listen to what i'm saying to you follow huff if bic comes back and retools like they should and the uke should retool like they should rare breed is coming back i don't think the watchmen are going to exist anymore the way we know them huff is creating something special whether it's the team he's on or whether it's going to be a brand new team huff is creating something special if you are a third string receiver on one of these star teams follow huff that's all i have for everyone on the bottom exceptional drop i have something for them well what do you have for boston you don't have shit for boston boston for real Way to fight, guys. Recruit recruit the athletes from Boston. It's Just bring out the monsters from Boston. Show us what Boston football is. That's what I've been telling those. I've seen those guys in person and told them that. So it's, it's not really going to change here. It's like I'm not really disappointed in what they did. I'm actually, you know, impressed that they made the drive. They fought as far, hard as they did. But their talent can't be coming from Trenton. No, can't, can't. I'm sorry. Just can't. Go to Boston, show your big bros these films. Bring them out here with their chewing gum and their Celtics jerseys and whatever they like. Come, come on, go get the Boston guys, please. If you get if you get 60 dudes from the entire mass area, you get three teams and you get home games and you get the easy cops. So the Boston Omegas should be the Boston Red Claws and the Boston Mighty Beans that are angry or whatever the fuck that logo is. And the Boston Tea Party. Mr. T Party, exactly. <laughs> I love that you said that, Rob. I was going to be off that joke. Fantastic callback, Rob. <laughs> you but let me just say this. Shout-outs to my guys because let's just go in order. Terry, Farrow, Bradley, Goose, Xavier Benny, Rookie of the Year candidate, guys. But also I'd, my I'd guys, so. Euro, Steve Rivera, Mir Band, Mike, all those guys. Those are my guys. That's my family forever. I missed you guys, and uh, I'm really proud of what you guys were able to do. My sorry ass held you guys back. Well, let's talk about the DC buzz, and you didn't hold anybody back, Corey. You lifted them up the same way you lift us up every week on this show and on the broadcast. So if you want me to not talk shit about myself, you've got to do the same. Accountability, motherfucker. But the DC buzz... I did throw for more more yards than this entire team did and the next team. Oh and my God. we have to stop at Huff. So I was doing my thing. But with the buzz, my thing is, is that, yes, there's tough seasons and you guys faced it. And Mark Diggs hopefully comes back next season. But I'm disappointed that you guys didn't try. I'll try. You guys didn't. So fuck you guys missing that last week. And uh, that's all I have to say. Because you guys are good at football. You guys are great at football at times. You guys didn't even want to fucking take a ride that's half as far as the Boston guys, and we only lost by 14. What could you guys have done to BIC? I don't know. Probably lost too, but it's football, man. You got to show up, and they did it. So they're 0-6 with a big, huge extra loss that became because they didn't even want to put the effort forth or the, or the gas money forth, and whether they don't believe in themselves or they didn't believe in the other guys around them, that's no excuse. Fuck you for not playing that last game respectfully i love you in general but as as just my character on the show you didn't try so what the fuck are you doing guys 
Uh, next up, you already know Big Rob Fabian. What can Rawway do? And we're hearing a lot of rumors. Free agency is open on July yeah. 24th. So that team, we saw them pull Isaac Negron. We saw them bring yeah. back Jonathan Keel to the league. Yeah, that was. A is this a five-year plan, no, or are they going to be able to do one thing in the off-season to get them in position? Um, five-year plan. I do believe that Jonathan Keels is part of the answer. I'm being very specific in what I'm saying. He is part of the answer. Finding another quarterback to maybe adopt this two-quarterback system could be the other half of it um they're not far i would if i was on the snow tribe right now unless they unless the snow tribe were literally bringing huff in i wouldn't necessarily run away from the snow tribe right now i would is that recruit. would that be what you do though would you court quattro huffin because He's yeah, not. He's right. We we heard that he's going to yes. play one more season. It was supposed to be his last season this year, but yes. from what I've been told and from what I've been hearing, he may give it another try in 2023. And if there's no mm. tribe, see that as the way to go. Do you do you think that that's what they should do? If Huff is available and he's on the table. I love Jonathan Kills, but you have to take Huff because Huff is also bringing with him whoever else is coming with him. The Snow Tribe weren't deep at receiver. They weren't deep at anything. Huff, is, Huff will change the culture over there. But that, of course, Snow Tribe wants one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback, not only currently, but in the history of our league. So that's fucking obvious, right? They, they should have tried to get him this year if they weren't. Who do they even have preseason as a quarterback? Well, first of all, Fuck Snow Tribe, because all of your players every single week wanted me back, and that's saying something based on my season this year where I was 0-7, that they're begging to have a guy that you guys cut and could have had, and I would have won more games, period, point blank. Great job, management of the Snow Tribe, bringing in a coach one week before the season. The only guy that ever had a conversation before the season started was the guy that you cut because you wanted to have more attention and be in the videos with Deion Dawkins. But I digress. Of course they want Huff. Everyone wants Huff. I think the I think the you should want Huff back if they can get him. But let me ask you this, Rob. Is there any reason in the world if you're Huff that you go to the Snow Tribe other than be, other than the, the thing that brought Isaac Negron there? Because I don't see a reason to go there. I mean, their uniforms are actually pretty swaggy. But other than that, like, what are we looking at? They have a great roster top to bottom. They have playmakers. They don't have any structure. And, and in the beginning of last season, in the preseason, which means six, seven, eight weeks before the season starts, you know what they were doing? Not showing up to practice, not even having a full roster that was going to be a roster. And when certain guys were in their meetings that were mandatory that none of their main players during the season showed up to, screaming about accountability, working hard, and putting a plan together, you know what those guys were doing? Nothing. And they lost. And they were terrible. And they beat two Owen whatever teams. And one of those Owen whatever teams was the buzz, and they almost lost that game at times. They're trash. Well, they're trash. They're trash, and they had one of the better rosters in the Northeast, and they lost to the Renegades, which they could have beat. They barely beat the buzz, and when they played the Animals, it was so clear that the quarterback position, they were they, the Animals were so much further, better away at the quarterback position, not only with their starter, but even with Kenneth Stewart, 
that the snow tribes should be embarrassed that they started this season and thought that midway through the season they were going to call a guy like Robert Crawford to come save them, and they threw him to the wolves because they had no identity and no no way to get yardage except for hand the ball off to Shug and get out of his way. The Snow Tribe were an embarrassment this year, other than their uniforms, which were awesome. Anyway. Moving on to the East Orange Renegades, a team that had high expectations heading into the season with Corey Price jumping to their... Uh, after the Gators left the league and then ended up becoming the Watchmen and throwing the whole league in upheaval. But for me, it's building on that defense. But the most important thing, Corey, we talked about it with the Snow Tribe. We talked about it with some of the other teams in this, in this league. A stable option at quarterback has been the biggest hindrance or trusting their option at quarterback. They have half-stepped with that position all year. This year, they got snake bit by CP3 getting hurt. They they waited until the playoffs to bring him back when he was fully healthy, and then they he walked into though. a wood chipper. Yeah, he wasn't fully healthy when he came back. That's just the kind of heart he has. And it is a shame because I, I think fully healthy CP3 made that team a contender. We saw what they looked like against BIC week one. But they have to find a quarterback. The rumors are that they're talking to certain quarterbacks that have skill, that have talent, that aren't proven. I think when they figure that position out, that defense is going to elevate them to be one of the top teams. And when you look at the, the skill position players that they had, they had Liberty making plays. They had uh, Khalil Green making plays. They have Dondre, who didn't make as many plays as we maybe come to expect him making every play, uh, I mean, every year. But maybe that's more because they didn't have the guy to deliver the ball to him. So when they were when they were playing basically with a with a one legged and one arm CP three in the playoffs, that was that was a tough that was a tough you know road against an animals team that they were calling out. But I think if if you are talking about Huff going somewhere, if I'm Huff, I would not go to the Snow Tribe personally unless he's going there for the same reason size Negron's going. You know, if you could bring some offensive talent and some offensive line to, to to team up with that defense, Huff on the Renegades, that to me seems like a contending type of team. Not that the Animals weren't with Huff this year, by the way, and I don't know why we're taking him off of their roster because I see him playing flag still with Baby Joker and some of those guys from that, from that Animals team. And speaking of Matt, I guess who would be next to talk about? That would be the Silk City Animals, and I want to ask Rob, hmm. Because I feel like two of the next four teams we're going to talk about may be a little too close for home for Roberto, a.k.a. Bachata Bob. But, Rob, the Renegades, what's the what's the one thing that they have to do this summer vacation to prepare themselves for 2024? Stick together. Can't tell. I can't. You're almost there. Stick together. That's that's like, and everybody that's from the Renegades that that's hearing what I'm saying right now, I understand how you feel. I was there before, where it's like, damn, we just can't get over that that hump. Like, we're always just like, right there, but then we just can't get past the big dogs. Stick together, hit the gym, and come back stronger with a little bit more recruiting. You guys are not far. Well, let's talk about the Silk City Animals then, Rob. What do you think will be the one thing they have to do this summer vacation? Try your best to keep Huff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as simple as that. You better keep Huff 
oh, this shit is a wrap. I know, I know we're hearing rumors and, and, and we know how this thing goes, but Rob, based on what you're hearing, what would you say is the percentages that Huff stays or goes somewhere else? Not where he goes. Um, it's, it's what not, is the percentage? It's not, really as, it's not as crazy as people think. There's a, a very strong chance Huff stays. Um, it, it's To me, it's three possibilities. A New Jersey... Damn, wherever Huff goes, is going to be a super team. But a brand new New Jersey super team that yeah, no don't, one's ever don't seen spill, before. Don't spill. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't actually know. These are just what what potentially might, might happen. Like, no right, one's right, called me and said, oh, a New Jersey team's coming. But it's like the a, a, a super team with Huff at the helm. This is one possibility. Huff stays with the animals and adds pieces. Mm-hmm. Or Huff brings over all the chunk pieces from the animals, a few pieces from top teams, and makes a brand new New Jersey team based off of a flag team he has. And that's the only three options, honestly. Are they, are, are, is that going to be called the Huffables at that point? No, no, no. Probably this the Spartans. This is what I'll say. Yes, yeah, I saw the. I saw that. <laughs> Did you see Gerald Bell chasing him down? Anyway. Gerald Bell looks so mean. He's such a he's such a not nice person. I still have the scar. I still have the scar on my neck. But let me just say this about the animals. For them to go from where they were last year to this year, obviously, A, Huff for MVP is probably, he's the front runner. And based on what we saw from Mark Bagway, that, that one performance might put him up in the conversation as well. But the thing that Huff did is what I'm challenging some of these guys who think they're him in this league. Because I don't know if you are him. You could be one of them. You're one of them. You know who's him? Huff. He went to a team that never won a game before, not with the rest of his buddies from the fall championship Vegas guys. Love you guys, but that's not what he did. He went to a team. Guys followed him, not not because he was like, I'm only going to go if you come. No, he went, and then it's like, well, Huff's over there. Let's check it out. And just just to put it in perspective, I was talking to Kenneth Stewart after the whole Renegades thing, and we have a relationship, and whether it's negative, positive, or whatever it is, I threw the ball a bunch of times, and we had a chemistry. So he wanted to maybe come wherever I was. And you know what I said? I don't trust the team that I'm on. And at the time, we already discussed what team that was. I think that your best opportunity to play with a guy like Huff, to learn from him as a wide receiver, as a quarterback. And that was every single one of the skill position players and even defensive players and offensive linemen for the animals. Being around Huff that year turned a lot of those guys, which were the try hard, like, let's go and let's let's ball out and let's fight as hard as we can. He changed the identity of that team to most of the time. They looked a lot more like winners. And that's the kind of him that Huff is, that you, yeah, you, that's on a super team right now, and you think you're him and you're not, you, yeah, you couldn't do that. And if you could, prove it. You have an opportunity to. We'll see what Huff does. I think he might stay. Let's talk about a team that walking into the season we thought would run it back as A7FL champions, but were eliminated in the second, well, technically in the third round of the playoffs, the Trenton BIC. Rob, I can see the look on your face. How could you do this to me? (laughs) I believe that you motherfuckers. Um, Winning um, the back-to-back. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for BIC, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I've... Me and Kenny are like brothers. I talk to Kenny all the time. Kenny knows what he has to do. Um, in my opinion, again, this is not Kenny's opinion. In my opinion, stop relying on guys that don't make BIC a priority and 
you guys are you guys in the personally i think you guys are at least in the game that we saw sunday if you stop relying on guys that don't make bic a priority and that's that's it no nothing deeper nothing nothing crazy well, let's do this god's plan all that garbage right when you win a championship and you believe in yourself and you're you think you're hot shit, you have a different aura about you there's a different way you approach the game in 2022 when they won how did they approach every game especially games against the u they had that it they had that it they had that extra fire they had that extra want to they were showing up to practices more maybe i don't know we're not going to talk about practice in this nfl and get away with it but what i will say is that the loss and the and the the way that they lost how how ridiculous is it to lose on on a, 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 a basically a, a one inch quarterback sneak conversion that was a controversial type of play they look back at that game and they say we could have won if we just made this one play this one play this one play and all of that is going to they got to, they got to eat that. They got to have that indigestion fueling them for an entire offseason. And that's the kind of BIC team with this exact same makeup of the roster that won the 2022 championship is because they had that extra fire. The reason sometimes coming back in that second year with trying to go back to back and you win it is I think they lost a little bit of that edge, whether it was bringing in the other guys that they can't, they can't trust or whatever, relying on the guys, like you said, or, you ask those guys, they didn't have their A team show up in the two games against the U. And if you can't show up against the U, you don't deserve to win a championship, period. Everybody knows that regardless of who's on the roster for the U, that's going to be one of BIC's toughest tests. Even if it, the U is down that season, that's going to be one of your toughest tests because that's a rivalry game. That's a game that the U guys are going to show up to. And if BIC didn't show up to them, shame on them. But I would watch out next season if you're gonna if you're gonna sleep on Sterry Codrington, Ashante Worthy, Curtis Mosey, who I guarantee will be back, and that defensive line and those defensive playmakers. If you sleep on BIC, you're probably gonna lose by 65 next year. <laughs> Facts. BIC is a scary monster to deal with next year. Angry. Uh, that team's gonna be frightening next year. But uh, talking about a team that may not have the same kind of positive outlook heading into 2024, but the team that did eliminate the BIC from the playoffs to Patterson U, some players are already look like the Baltimore guys may be making their way back to Baltimore. I think Snag Sosa has made his intentions clear of what he's going to do next season. Where does the... It, there's a lot to look at with that team heading into 2024, but... Rob, Corey, I don't know which one of you guys want to take this before we get to our last team. You know, Corey, go, you, can... you know, I'm quick. I'm quick. Corey's going to take forever. Um, All right, Rob. Rob, what, what's that one thing? Recruit younger players. Youth. It's time for the old guys to just be old guys and rest or be vets in, in lead. But recruit younger players, recruit an actual quarterback, and the U is going to be back to its glory. Simple as that. I'll, I'll ask you guys this. Did we sleep on the U preseason this year? No. Hmm? No, no, no. The U got here by accident. Fuck it. I'm, a, I'm ripping the Band-Aids off. This is not, stop. No, 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 no. The U didn't belong where they got. I'm sorry. They every. You're not going to sit here and tell me that you even thought they were going to beat BIC. It was an accident. It was a fluke. They did it. They did it because they did it they are, twice. But, 
bro, they did it twice because B.I. But you're the one who, who has me has, has tells me that I have to be accountable because the the way that the game I'm goes, not, the way I'm that the game goes, that they're, that they're not accountable. I'm not saying that they're not accountable. They won, but I'm not gonna sit here and say we underestimated them. They are. We put them at number five or four in the beginning of the season. We were right. We were 100 percent correct. But what we asked them to do is dress the offensive line, and they did it. Unfortunately, they didn't do it, I guess, enough to make their quarterbacks stay because it was two of them. If they have a guy like OG Buck, if they have a guy like Huff, and there's not a lot of guys like that in our league, so they might have to go after one of those guys. No, just go find, go recruit, go recruit new. If they new get blood, a quarterback, new blood. not that Carlos Cross didn't look impressive at the time, not that Kareem Moon isn't one of the best players in our league. But if those guys are able to play in their natural position and you can have either one or two guys playing quarterback that are quarterbacks, do you solve a lot of their problems right there, taking care of that business right there? And if they have the same stable of running backs, the same offensive line, and they can go power run game and play action that's effective that when they need to call a third and 10 pass play that they can execute it, I think they have the wide receivers that they can do it with Dakari Mims, Pat Coburn, and company. We saw Henrock balling out as well. The U is not – I'll put the U in the same category that we, we put BST in because I will say this. I was one of, and maybe you guys weren't, saying that the U were starting to look like they were turning a corner in, 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 the, in the wrong way. And I think people have been saying that too often, too much about the U. And even though they lost Huff, even though they lost Buck at the beginning of the season, that team still showed up and was one of the best teams in the league, period. Sickwitty can say what they want. Uh, the Force can say what they want. You know, every other team can say what they want about the U. All of those teams that are talking shit that we mentioned already that aren't the Insomniacs and aren't the Nightcrawlers, well, you either lost to the U or you would lose to the U. So shout out to the U for, I think, playing above the expectations. But once again, proving that that brand, that organization led by Ryan Shamar, they're they're not someone to be fucked with, so don't fuck with them. And I'll try not to. I'll try. And that gets us to our final team here, the Baltimore Watchmen. And Rob, we look at a Watchmen team that met the expectations, if not more so. But I I do wish that we got to see them play the BIC one more time. Because I think right. that that matchup would have been an indicator of what we saw this past Sunday. Right. I think for me, the Watchmen need to stay together. They need to work on their secondary. They have Sly Boogie. They have some solid players there. But we saw when you get overextended and when you have to commit to a running back and a quarterback that could beat you with their arms and their legs, which is the BIC way of doing things, which is the way we've seen a lot of things happen in this league as we've lost Corey Hammond for a bit of a second. But Rob, when it comes to this, we got Corey back, but when it comes to this guy's Corey, I'll go to you last. What's the one thing I mean, go to you first. What's the one thing you think will be the major key 
for the BIC, pardon me, for the Baltimore Watchmen to stay together? Is that the addition of more bodies in the secondary? Is it figuring out how to maximize the return of guys from Baltimore like a like a snag so so what's that one thing Corey? well i got a joke and then i got a real thing so the joke is avoid the tampa night crawlers at all costs a <laughs> so listen the watchman team that we just saw beats almost every other team in this league that i've seen if it wasn't for the performance that we saw from the night crawlers I've seen, Rob, you might remember this name. I've seen guys like Tyrell Addison Jr. saying, you know, guys that are names in Baltimore that we haven't seen as much, Jawan Linscombe, they might start getting the momentum of getting those guys. But what's going to be dangerous, as Kumbaya, as the Watchmen were this year, the way you phrase that, Matt, is they stay together. Do all of those guys have it in them to maintain their egos, because if we split up that Watchman team into two teams, those are still two relatively high-level contending teams. The teams, especially on offense, that were going back and forth, led by Buck, led by John Gauze, tell me, tell me six better offensive units better than each of those, not just them as a, a total unit, but if you split those up, those, those are still, in my opinion, two of maybe the top six, top seven offensive units in the entire country. Can they keep together another full season? Because another, I'm referencing the Big Mo conversation again. When you get that close over and over and over again, there's a frustration level that builds. And whether it's the rare breed of the Gators, the Baltimore teams have been to the Final Four year in, year out. Now the regular season almost means nothing to these guys because they expect to win most of the games that they play. They usually do. And they're waiting to get to that next level because they want to get back to the championship. And if they do, I think their best opportunity is that they somehow figure out a way to keep this Watchman team intact. But based on all of the conversations that I've been saying, I would not be angry seeing another Baltimore team kind of offshoot from this team and see another top contending team to make the East even deeper, the division as a whole even better, because it's clearly by far and away everyone that's this. Even if you're not listening, you'll you'll get this clip later. The Northeast is still by far and away the toughest division, top to bottom. And if you split that Watchman team, maybe the Baltimore team wouldn't be the favorites to go back to this Final Four. But both of those teams would be in the mix, not only for the Northeast Championship, but for the whole championship nationwide. So it's going to be interesting, Matt. And I I think that maybe part of me wants to see them stay together and see if they can do it. Part of me wants to see a team with John Gauls at the helm all season, OG Buck at the helm all season, and have those two teams face each other because I think that would be another great, awesome game to watch. And we won't have to, you know, cut to, uh, I don't know, a stick with it game against OTT where it's 92 to 30. And we could get maybe a 35-30 game because there's competitive football in the Northeast week in and week out. But, hey, at this point, I don't know what's in me. But I'm just throwing shots to everybody. So shout-outs to the Watchmen. They played a great – I didn't say back shots or anything, Rob. There's no phrasing there. Talking about Rob, D again. Uh, Rob, your final thoughts. Um, Super quick, super concise. Uh, Watchmen, hell of a year. You guys proved a lot of points. Some points I'm pretty sure you didn't want to prove catch my drift um you guys can't look at this season as if there was a failure 
You got as far as you did. You lost to a better team without giving up. I don't have anything for you guys to do. Guys that are healthy enough and feel like they can run it back, run it back. Guys who want to go on a different team, do that. Do whatever your heart desires. But don't look at this 2023 season as a failure. You guys definitely proved your point. You showed your value in this league. You should be proud of yourselves. And on that note, this will be the last time we speak with you until we are in Bullhead. So we're going to remind you, like, comment, subscribe, go to caffeine.tv slash A7FL, get caught up on the playoffs. And also next Friday live, we'll have time and more information, maybe even ticketing information if you're down in Bullhead on how you can enjoy and join us live for the three-on-one podcast when we will be inside Anderson Automotive Fieldhouse in Bullhead City, Arizona. Go get your tickets now, a7fl.com slash championship. And also if you want a shirt, of me in a Hawaiian shirt running with some skate shoes on. Go to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That is tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch to pick up the new Run Matt Run t-shirt. And also you can get the Thick Boy Season t-shirt. You can get the I Tried, the Hus Hus, and also the one with all of our beautiful punums on them. Also, Rob, I don't know if you saw, but someone is going to be doing a three-on-one podcast tribute cleat for the A7FL Championship. That is pretty wild. We'll have more info on that next week on the pod. And also, first form, the three-on-one podcast. Sorry. I don't, I don't know what any of that foolishness means. I, I miss Tom and I miss Toonami. But when it comes to next week, we all know that there's a race that's going to happen. We all know that someone's going to be putting their terms together. They are getting ready for what is... The biggest, to quote one of the worst movies ever made, to that person, this will be the biggest day of your life. To me, it will only be a Friday. But for Big Rob Fabian, for Corey Hammond, get your bison dollars ready because we're on the road to Bullhead. And as always, I'm trying my best. Don't know if I can keep doing it, but don't be an asshole. I'll try. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like